right, we're back. We're doing it. It's windy. Whatever. Just get into this thing. Have a little beer first, guys. Why the hell not? Hello folks, how you all doing out there? Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast, you're with me Scott, as always, hope you've had a fantastic week out there, I've had a busy one, I understand this episode is late again, two weeks in a row, fucking someone should fire me, Um, but it is what it is guys, Um, you get what you get, you know, it's a fucking podcast, you know, you can't be relying on it, it's not, I'm not scheduling these things like a TV show. It just happens when it happens, and it's happening right now. So buckle in. We go for a ride, guys. Happy Halloween to everybody out there um, for the weekend. Uh, whenever you celebrated Halloween, some people do it early or whatever. It, you know, hope you dressed up and got some candy and all that sort of shit. I had a fucking massive weekend, guys. I uh, was playing a show Friday night. Um, we're supporting um, an EP launch uh, for the band Primrose Path. Please check them out, guys. Um, their new EP is uh, available on Spotify. Go and listen to it, guys. It's pretty cool. Um, nice operatic style. No, I want to say operatic style singing, but, you know, big vocals, kind of um, proggy, rocky kind of undertones, all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it was a fun show. So thanks to everybody that came out on Friday night. Um, had fun, even though I could also say it's the worst show I've ever done in my life. It was um, fucking... Uh, you know what it's like when you're like, you know, performing or doing whatever, something you've rehearsed for a long time. Um, and then it comes uh, the day to really sort of show it all off and it all goes fucking wrong. Like, so we're at Lucy's Love Shack in the city. Um, nice venue, really cool venue. Um, it used to be called Ambar back in the day. And um, I don't really have ever been there once um, in the past. I saw Flying Lotus there which is a fucking amazing show. Um, so, uh, yeah, the stage is tiny, and we're in a five-piece band, and I've got a pretty big fucking pedal board. So it was um, it was tight up there, really tight, really tight, really hot with the lights and all that sort of shit. Um, literally got like a, a square foot, if you stretched it out into like a bit of a rectangular foot of space to stand in. That's all I really had. So I was cramped as shit, like my calves were against my fucking amplifier, I could feel the fucking woofing of the fabric, um, and uh, you know, second song in, start the song off or whatever, bass player kind of crashes into us, because like I said, it's a tight fucking space, we got nowhere to jiggle and jive and move and all that sort of shit, and he happens to knock my fucking strings out of tune, and I just had to commit to it for the rest of the song. And so I'm having nightmares about that one song. Everyone was telling me that it sounded great and all that sort of shit, but like, Jesus Christ, I knew that fucking, I had one string, almost a perfect semitone out of tune, and that's a big deal. And so it kind of sounded like shit for the, that one song. I, f- I obviously fixed it for the next song, guys. I'm not a, I'm not a retard. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to absolutely... Uh, tune up between songs when I detect something afoot, but the foldbacks were fucked, so I couldn't hear anything else on stage. I was barely could even hear the drums. It's only like a meter and a half away from me. It's a loud venue, you know, guys, but it was super fun, guys. All the bands were fucking wicked on the night. Um, There's a band that came on after us uh, called Tan and Toupee, I believe they're called. These guys fucking rock, man. You gotta check these guys out. Tan and Toupee, 
they're just serious players, wicked riffs. Just they had a ball on stage, really cool dudes, chilled out and um, fucking caught up with them afterwards. And yeah, so shout out Tan and Toupee. You guys are fucking wicked. Um, hopefully we get a, a gig in the future with these guys again because they're kind of in our sort of, it's not really like a proggy sort of lineup that we're on. Like, because the band that I was playing in, which was going under the name Swiss Watch, which has already been scrapped. I'm pretty sure our singer on the night introduces it as a different name anyway. Um, but, you know, we're kind of in an indie proggy kind of world. I mean, it's definitely technical, musically speaking, a little bit, but not wanky. Not wanky. We're not doing a dream theater. We're not pulling that shit on you guys because that's fucking lame. Um but yeah, all the bands were kind of in that same wheelhouse, and it, it, was, it was a cool lineup. We all kind of uh, put off the similar sort of vibes, you know, fun times. It's just fun times, you know? And so, yes, shout out fucking Big Tomo for putting us on. He, he's the promoter for the night. He's an old friend of ours, um, and all that sort of stuff. You know, it was, it was the Friday night before Halloween, so, you know, it was going on. The freak show was happening, you know? People were getting into the Halloween mood. I'm pretty sure there was like, like we had a hard out at like 11 or something like that. So we had to clear everything right on time for like a big, like a, I don't know, some other band or some shit going on with some fucking drag show or some shit. So I don't know, towards the end of the night, there's a, a lot of blokes with beards and dresses on coming in, you know, so it's fucking, it had started. So like, all right, fair enough. Why didn't they come a little bit earlier and actually support the real music? But whatever, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, so, that was my Friday night, and then fucking Saturday night, my, my nan decided to put on a fucking Halloween party, and I didn't really think it was going to be much of a big deal, you know, I, I was fucking, you know, destroyed from the night before, and then I went out sailing Saturday, and then I, I was just fucking torn up, so I had to get a fucking costume ready, and um, I, don't, I, I don't mind doing costumes, I don't mind like really dressing up, like I've done fucking some epic shit in the past, I fucking... I've won a fucking competition at fucking the old Deville's in Perth for a Halloween show one time. I went as the spirit of the spirit of jazz from um, the Mighty Boosh one time, and uh, you know it fucking destroyed. I had long dreadlocks at the time, so it kind of worked. Uh, but for this one, I fucking had to phone it in and just see what the fuck I had lying around the house. And all I had was like a fold-up witch's hat, a Slytherin scarf, which I wear regularly anyway. Um, um, and a chopstick. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going as a young Tom Riddle when he was going through his little transgender phase in, in Hogwarts, which we all know he did. You know, he still wears capes to these de this day. So, you know, fuck it. I went as a botched job of a fucking wizard from Harry Potter with a chopstick. You know, casting spells on people, fucking expelling my anus. That sort of shit, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Everybody else did way more effort than me on the night. So fucking, my brother had told me that he wasn't going to be bothered dressing up at all. Um, and then he kind of went as like a bit of a character of himself. If anyone knows my brother, he's an outdoor adventure sort of guy. He can catch Kings of Pain on History Channel whenever you want. You see how he dressed up. He kind of wore that, but took a fake gun instead of a knife. That was his costume. And it was still infinitely better than mine. But it is what it is. So Fucking happy Halloween to all you guys out there. It was a bit of a quiet one because I was so busy this week. I didn't get a chance to carve a pumpkin or anything like that. And it's kind of the rules in, in like these northern suburbs um, of Perth that, you know, if you don't put any kind of decoration or any kind of signifier that you're participating in Halloween, kids don't really fucking knock on your, 
on your door. And so usually I've got a carved pumpkin out by the letterbox or whatever. My house is kind of sunken down, so you can't really see my front door or anything from the street. Um, but I didn't put anything fucking up. Well, I tried to, but the wife boycotted it. I, f- I found the only orange balloon we had in the house, um, but it happened to be a balloon that said, um, fucking, it's summertime bitches on it. And so I crossed out the B and put a W. It's summertime witches, but you can quite obviously see the B. And she's like, you know what? There's kids coming. You can't put that shit out. So like, fuck it. All right, whatever. Uh, we got a couple, couple of groups of kids come through um, for the candy and stuff. So I've got plenty of leftovers. I'm going to be eating cherry ripe all fucking week. And, you know, like I had a big bowl of candy and stuff. And I sprinkled like maybe fucking 20, 30 bucks worth of like $2 coins in there as well. Not one of the kids found them. They didn't dig deep enough. So they missed out big time because a $2 coin could have got you a whole pack of fucking candy. Instead, you leave your fucking 10 cent trinket, whatever. Should have looked harder. And I, I don't know what happened to that money. I, I didn't empty the bowl, so it's, it's gone somewhere. To the gods, they say, you know. But it is what it is. Plenty of new music coming out over the last week. We we're going to get into that soon. Stay tuned. We've got some shit to talk about. But did you guys see over the week fucking Mark Zuckerberg releasing the, um, or like the name change for Facebook? It's now called Meta. He's trying to build this like meta universe and it's like this fucking augmented reality sort of thing. You put goggles on and you seem to like be doing the shit you normally do in life, but now you have goggles on and everybody looks like a fucking PlayStation 2 game. That's kind of what it is. And I watched this advertising and I was, I was obviously just laughing because this is so stupid. So fucking stupid. Like Zuckerberg is such a fucking alien. I'm pretty sure he invented Facebook or like really got involved with Facebook to collect people's data just to figure out what the fuck it means to be human. Because he has no idea. I'm watching this thing and he's like supposed to be in his house talking about it before he really introduced this virtual reality fucking thing that he's going down and you look at in the background and he's got just like display shelves with books and stuff on that and on one of those shelves is just a bottle of barbecue sauce it's like he doesn't even know what it's for so he's got a bottle of barbecue sauce go check out that fucking that video and notice the fucking barbecue sauce on a display shelf behind him like this guy has no clue what humans do with sauces right And, like, watching that whole fucking advertising, like, you know, oh, this is going to be a cool metaverse, you get to float around, I don't understand that. To me, it's just like fucking Zuckerberg finally watched Ready Player One and then thought, that's a good idea, I got money, let's do it. Um, And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. I don't, like, who watched that fucking clip and got excited? Did anybody get excited about this metaverse that is creating? I don't know anybody excited about it. No one knows what the fuck it is. What, we got to buy fucking goggles now to interact with things that I normally do on my phone or normally do in just general life with friends? Why do I need to put goggles on to hang out with friends? Jesus, this is ridiculous. And I, I don't know, it just seemed fucking obscure to me. I have no idea what they're really going for or what kind of fucking matrix he's trying to build. Um... But it's fucking weird. It, it, it's all really, really weird. I have, I have no idea what to think of this fucking metaverse thing. Let me know what you think. Were you excited by this horse shit? 
I know I've kind of tainted the question that way, but <laughs> are, you, are you are you excited for putting on goggles and like floating around? You know, like that always bugged me about fucking Ready Player One as well. Is like you watch this trailer with Mark Zuckerberg and like they're kind of in this virtual world and they're hanging out and they're trying to talk like like humans, but it it seems very contrived because they're not. Um, and like one of the, the the people that's sort of in the room is sort of like floating around, and like Mark Zuckerberg's like, "Oh my God, we're, we're actually just floating out in space." What does that mean? You're not floating out in space. You put these goggles on, you still feel the effects of gravity, don't you? You don't just float the fuck around. You're sitting in a chair, so I guess in order to move, you still got to use a controller or something to go forward, right? Huh? Or are you on like some treadmill or something? Like you're not suspended by cables in your living room pretending to float around with VR goggles on, are you? I don't know. It never fucking made sense to me. It's like, all right, yeah, it's, it's, it's augmented reality. It's, it's like this virtual world that you put goggles on. It's like, yeah, that takes care of one sense. Sight. You put headphones on. There's two. What about like feeling, you know? Like the visceral nature of being somewhere. You don't get that. I know they've got these haptic feedback fucking suits and all that shit, but you reckon one of these suits is sophisticated enough to convince me that I'm floating? Give me a fucking break. This is retarded. Um, and I'm not on board with Meta. I think it's just a way to dodge a bunch of lawsuits, really, right? You know? All of a sudden, we're going to find out that Facebook, as, a, as like a subsidiary company of Meta, because that's the new name of the, the big company, right, is Meta, and Facebook is one facet of it. We're going to find out that Facebook only has like a fucking couple of thousand bucks in assets on their books or some shit, so you can't sue them anymore. Or if you, you do, you're not going to get fuck all, and it's not really Meta's responsibility and all that sort of shit. I just see this. This is just a fucking a bit of legalese to get away with shit, I think. I think. I don't know. Um, uh, let me know what you think. You know how to contact me. All my um, details are in the fucking description down below and all that sort of stuff. Metaverse, is it good? Is it bad? Do you not give a shit? Is it just going to fail? Of course. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. You know. And meanwhile, fucking Alec Baldwin shot someone. Ah, I don't even understand how... Well, first of all, I don't understand um, anything to do with you know, music, uh, fucking movie production and all that sort of shit. I don't really understand what's going on, but what I do suspect is that there's high levels of safety precautions going on, right? Eh? Yeah? Maybe. Hopefully. Especially when there's fucking guns being used on set, all being fake. But then we find out that, like, some of the people were actually using, like, real guns in their off time just to sort of shoot around. So it's pretty easy to fucking swap them over and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. But Alec Baldwin, like, you got a feel for the guy. Because, like, to accidentally kill a human when you trusted everybody around you to take care of the safety precautions and all that sort of shit, like, yeah, it's on you because you did it and you should have been the final frontier of that safety protocol and you should have done your checks, fine, but you didn't and you killed someone like accidentally fuck that must fuck with your your brain right i don't know i don't know like like it it'd be weird if he did it and it was like a take or or whatever and he fucking like stayed in character 
You know, this is like a movie called Rush or some shit. I don't know, really know what it's about. It seems like a Western movie or something like that. But what if he did it and he stayed in character and like thought it was all part of the great acting going on? You know, obviously it wasn't. But let's just fucking hope that that take makes it into the final cut because you, you, you can't fake that again. You know, it's like, well, shit, we, we, we got the shot. Literally, we got the shot, right? Let's, let's, let's keep it in the final edit because it's like, it's real. It's, like, it's going to be the highlight of the movie. Everyone's going to fucking see this movie now because they want to see that actual bullet get fired. It, it sucks. Shout out to the, the, the lady that died and her family. Obviously, it's fucking terrible, but Jesus Christ, like, how could they not have those safety protocols in place? Someone's got to go to jail for this. Someone's got to go to jail. I don't know who it's going to be, if it's going to be the prop master or the fucking safety guys, or it's going to be Alec Baldwin himself. Who the fuck knows? Someone should go to jail for murdering someone on set. I know it's not murder, it's manslaughter, but it's fucking close enough. It didn't need to happen. Um, unless they're going for a real realistic movie. I don't know. Maybe that was just a plan the whole time. Ah, that's a terrible thing to say. I'm sorry. It is what it is. But uh, anyway, fucking let's get on to some music for this week, guys. It's been a while since I've um, hung out with you. So, you know, there's some music that has come out. And uh, where should we start? Um, I listened to a new song. This is just a song. Let's start with a small shit. Um, Porcupine Tree. I like Porcupine Tree. They've had some great albums. In Absentia is an amazing album. Uh, Deadwing is a great album. Anything beyond that gets a little bit weird. Steve Wilson, the guy that's at the helm of Porcupine Tree, uh, is a little bit weird. His solo shit's a little bit fucking heady for me. And by heady, I mean it just it lacks soul. There's no like cool, like, I don't know. It just see, it feels like it's constructed in someone's brain rather than through their fucking heart channeling the musical spirits that guide all of us musicians or something gay like that, right? Anyway, so Porcupine Tree um, released a new song called Harridan and um, dude, it was a fucking cool song. It was cool. It doesn't have all that headiness that Steve Wilson does in his solo work because, you know, fucking Gavin Harrison, the drummer for Porcupine Tree, you can't fault this guy. His groove is fucking insane. So the drums just hold the shit out of this song, right? They just hold it together. It's, it's like the, the highlight of this song. And it's worth listening to just for those grooves, just to see how he fucking does it. Like, this guy's like a patient drummer, a pocket player. He's not f overly flashy, but just solid in his fucking groove, and his groove is fucking intense. So go check out the new song from Porcupine Tree. I'm hoping it's hinting at a new album. Because this single was released with new cover art and shit like that, which usually builds towards an album. So we might get a single or two and then the whole album release. Don't know. Didn't look into it. Don't know if they have a release date. Maybe you could and let me know. Um, and when it does come out, obviously we'll talk about it on this podcast. But for now, there's just the one song. And it's called Harridan by Porcupine Tree. Check it the fuck out. It's pretty cool. But it's certainly not the biggest news of the week. Um... And I don't even know if I should get into the biggest news of the week. Oh, let's, let's do this one first. Let's do this one first. Fucking, this would probably be some fucking real big news to most people compared to what I'm about to talk to, about afterwards, whatever. Um, Ed Sheeran bought out a new album. Fucking the world's fucking hero as far as music goes, Ed Sheeran. Everyone in the world seems to love him. 
Well, it's not that everyone in the world loves him, but but no one really hates Ed Sheeran. No one fucking hates him. I mean, you know, it's pop bullshit. Um, but at least he plays a guitar, man. At least he plays a fucking guitar. Um, so, you know, there's something to be said about that, right? Uh, but he brought out a new album. It doesn't have a name. It's got a symbol. And you guys have heard me bitch about fucking songs that have emojis as their titles and symbols as their fucking thing. Like, it, it's just annoying. But it's the equal sign. So at least it has one definition, right? This, the, the album, I guess, is called Equals or Equal or maybe Two Parallel Lines. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those two things. Double Dash? Is that what it's called? I don't know. But they put that little symbol as the the name of the album. I'm guess everyone. I guess everyone's gonna call it equals. Whatever it it is, it's a fucking Ed Sheeran album, and it's poppy. And when I first put on the album, I was like, "Holy shit, this first song's actually got some overdrive. It's actually got a bit of a rocky little element to it." Um, but that was short lived. Um, the rest of the album barely has any guitar in it at all, and it's just pop shit. It's it's pop. It's pop. And and that's the thing, like um. I love all kinds of music, right? And it the, the way I judge music is not so much about um, if it's up my alley or anything like that. Like, I kind of have this weird way of trying to pick out authenticity from it. And Ed Sheeran's singing feels authentic. It feels like he means what he says. But musically and, like, structurally and production-wise, this shit fucking stinks of corporatism, Right? Ed Sheeran can write a fucking amazing hook. He's a hook master, right? But this album ha- has all those hooks through it. It's fine. Uh, you know what? Even some of the songs feel like he's ripping off his own previous hooks from other albums. You know, he's, he's doing the this, this, this same, um, same rhythmic sort of uh, character to it that, that works. And you know, if you've got a good formula, fucking stick to it. I guess that's true. Do what you got to do, but... Like I said, just it stinks of corporatism. It um, it's gonna please a whole bunch of people. It's it, it's gonna fucking I don't know. It's gonna give guitar teachers a whole bunch of work for the next little while, teaching their kids the fucking Ed Sheeran bullshit, the four chord songs or whatever. Because that's what they are. They are absolutely in that formulaic style of music, and yeah, it's fun. It's a you know no I, no, it's not a fun album. It's an Ed Sheeran album. If you dig that shit, you'll dig this. Um, if you never really cared about Ed Sheeran, I'm not going to change your mind. I don't want to change your mind. You know, it is what it is. Your instincts are probably true of, of what Ed Sheeran albums are like. They're aimed at fucking 12 year old girls. That's it. Yeah. So if you're a 12 year old girl out there listening to this podcast, first of all, turn it off. And report your parents to the authorities because you shouldn't be allowed to listen to this shit. Um, and second of all, check out Ed Sheeran's album Equals, right? Okay. All right, that's out of the way. The big news, Limp Biscuit dropped a new album on Halloween. Uh, it's called Still Suck, um, which means it reads as Limp Biscuit Still Suck. And oh my God, I had some fun with this album. Um, uh, I don't know where to start with it. It's fucking Limp Biscuit. Now I've got a real soft spot in my heart for Limp Biscuit because let's talk. Let's, let's face it, everyone hated Limp Biscuit when they came out. As like musicians hated Limp Biscuit because it, it's like 
Limp Bizkit is these guys that like, I don't know, they're trying to merge two massive audiences, right? They've got the hip-hop audience, you've got the heavy metal rock audience, and they're smack bang in the middle. I don't know about smack bang, but they're, they're kind of, they're taking the heavy shit, and they're taking the hip-hop shit, and they're putting them together, and thinking that they're, they're going to, you know, bring in hip-hop crowd and metal crowd. Turns out they bought in neither, right? Heavy metal dudes, and then... Full disclosure, guys, when Limp Bizkit first sort of came out in, in like the, the late-ish 90s, early 2000s, stuff like that, I was a fucking um, like Metallica fan and shit, so I didn't like Limp Bizkit either. But they grew on me, and then just out of high school, I fucking, you know, started respecting the shit out of them because of their riffs. Wes Borland made some fucking monster riffs. You can't deny it. And then you just can't deny the fucking attitude of Limp Bizkit, which just didn't give a fuck about anything. Limp Biscuit, like all their lyrics are just about how fucking, how, how cool Fred Durst is. That's it. That's their lyrical content is that Fred Durst is cool, right? And I don't know, it's been a while since they've released anything. I know they had a, like a little single, Dad Vibes, that, that wasn't really a single, but like a little thing that leaked a couple of months ago, but that was hinting at this album and it's in this album, obviously. Um, and this album embraces all of that. You see what I'm saying? It embraces the hatred for Limp Biscuit. That's why it's called Limp Biscuit Still Suck. It's an, it's an insanely smart album. But it's also fucking Limp Biscuit. And I gotta tell you, as soon as I put this album on, the fucking first track of the album started off with this riff. Listen to this fucking riff right here, and you know that Limp Biscuit are back. You see what I mean? That's a fucking monster riff. I feel sorry for fucking Wes Borland's fucking guitar strings and the way he's yanking that fucking Floyd Rose of his. But he's always been that kind of riff junkie. He just makes killer fucking riffs. I hear that and I'm like, what the fuck? Um, there's some cover songs in there. It gets all light. They kind of do a behind blue eyes sort of moment in the middle of the album. Like track five, they, um, they cover this Australian classic fucking... Um, don't change, I think it's called. Is that the name of the song? That fucking don't change for you. Don't change a thing for me. Yeah, and I know I, know I absolutely crushed those vocals right there. Um, and but 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 don't get me wrong. Uh, Limp Bizkit does a, a good version as well. Not as good as what I just did, but but pretty good. Um, but you know, it's just a nice little acoustic track. And then the, like the last song on the album is like a full on like a like clean sort of ballad and there's so much self-reflection in there where they embrace everything that's come at them you know they criticize their own rapping they criticize the the hatred that the world has for Limp Biscuit. but guess what and I want to say this the world doesn't hate Limp Biscuit. the world has grown into Limp Biscuit, right these guys are fucking just like there's no band like them they're fucking out there they're doing their shit um they just hit hard. They've got amazing fucking drum grooves, amazing guitar riffs, fucking incredible bass lines, singing about being a fucking mad cunt. That's it. That's it. That's it. You get fucking Limp Bizkit. That's all they are. 
you don't you don't hold them to the standards of a fucking Metallica or a fucking another accomplished band, even like a Corn and stuff like that, because these guys have always had a joking side about them. They've always been joking. They've always had diss tracks. They've always done all that sort of shit. So they've bought in that juvenile sort of um, beef sort of culture from the hip-hop world into the metal world. No one else is doing it. And even if they tried, they wouldn't do it as good as Limp Biscuit. This album's fucking cool. Limp Biscuit still suck in the best way possible, guys. They're fucking Limp Biscuit, man. It's, it's, it's a fun as fuck fucking album, you know? I really enjoy the shit out of this one. I hope you do too. Definitely check it out. There's riffs all the way through it. And they are sick riffs. And there's, um, I don't know, what's so strange about fucking uh, the lyrics and, and the vocal uh, choices that uh, Fred Durst does is that, you know, he's like accidentally fucking profound every now and then. So it might be just be one line that, that catches you and you're like, fuck, that's, that's pretty deep, man. And then the next line will just be like, motherfucking whatever, right? It would just be like a, like a blase throwaway. And you're like, okay, wicked. But every now and then they stumble across genius. I love this fucking album. Uh, I will listen to it a whole bunch more. I've listened to it a good couple of times now. I have to admit, I'm not listening to every single song. I am skipping, skipping, skipping all the way through the album. But when it hits, it hits. And when it's cool, it's cool. I'm not going to fucking say anything against that. And that's it. So, I don't know. They're the things we've got to check out for this week, guys. Definitely check out Limp Biscuit. Definitely check out Porcupine Tree. Um, maybe avoid Ed Sheeran. Or if you like Ed Sheeran, now you know there's another Ed Sheeran album. It is what it is. But there was also um, some news this week. Some more sad news. So let's, you know, let's do what I like to do, which is like end this podcast on a real down note. I don't like to end it big. I like to make it a little bit down at the end. Um, I used to have a guitar teacher many, many years ago. And um, he used to talk to me about this guitarist. Um, and he would always encourage me to check it out. Now, this is back in the days before streaming and the internet was a thing or whatever. So for me to really get to know this guitarist, I'd have to save up my money and go buy the CD, right? Never did. Uh, because it wasn't really up my alley when I was like a bit of a heavy metal kid or whatever. But the guy I'm talking about is um, a guitarist named Pat Martino, and he died this week, uh, the age of 70-something, 70 77, I believe he was, something like that. Um, and this guy has an amazing story and was kind of like, a, like a, a shredder, a shredder of a guitar player in like the jazz sort of world in like the late 60s, early 70s in New York. So New York player... Um, these are the guys, this is like the music that people turned to that were like musicians that, um, had kind of turned their nose up at what else was going on in the pop scene, right? So they, they turned their nose up at the fucking, the atrocity that the Beatles were and fucking Led Zeppelin can go eat a dick or whatever because they're like more sophisticated. So it's this sort of, I don't know, kind of wanky crowd or whatever, but there was this sophisticated jazz going on and there was stuff happening and um, this Pat Martino was an insane guitar player and later in his life, so he released a bunch of albums in the 70s and um, then had a horrible stroke and lost all of his memory, um, including his memory of how to play guitar and um, he relearnt, he relearnt the instrument even better than he was before and continued to play and teach and um, be an inspiration to people all the way up until his death. So it's amazing. And, you know, I've talked to people about this story 
And then like, isn't that strange that, you know, someone gets amnesia and um, like goes and does the same thing again. It's like, yeah, well, he'd lost his memories. He didn't lose himself. And obviously he always had something in him that wanted to play guitar regardless of his recollection of guitar or scales or technique or anything like that. So when you refresh, you're still going to be driven to do the same things again. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, he was a, a, a guitar player that I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole this week, guys, um, because I had always meant to check him out, you know, because I've always got those memories of my guitar teacher telling me his name and how good he was and showing me some of his stuff, and it never really stuck. And when I heard of his death, I went down that rabbit hole, and uh, I didn't learn any of his stuff, that's of, of course, but like I, I did just listen and enjoy and I want you guys to listen and enjoy because it's it's jazz, guys. It's it's like kind of free. It sounds improvised, you know. Um, so uh, here's a um, here's a song. Here's a song from Pat Martino, guys. I'll end the podcast this way for once. Um, yeah, this song's uh, called Footprints from the album Footprints from like the mid '70s. I think this is like '74, '75. Um, and, and you just get it. This guy was a, a player. He was just a fucking guitar player. And um, it, it's jazzy and it is what it is and it can transport you to a different world. You don't have to overthink it. Just let it be a nice little soundtrack, guys. So rest in peace, Pat Martino. There are, like, Pat Martino would have been one of the guys that inspired the guitarists, that inspired the guitarists, that inspired us from this generation. You know what I mean? Like, you talk about, like, like, like George Benson, amazing guitar player. He was blown away by Pat you know, and those guys kind of influenced the next generation and the next generation. So I don't know, these guys just to fucking, they've made their stamp on history. So let's celebrate it. The, you know, rest in peace, Pat Martino. So this song's called Footprints, guys. This is the Jabber Podcast. Hope you've all had a fantastic week out there, as always. Um, remember, hit me up with your suggestions and, um, and all that stuff. If you want me to play any of your um, music and any of your projects on this podcast, let me know um, all my details um, through which to contact me are in the description of this podcast. Use them. Don't abuse them, but use them. And I'll get back to you and we'll chat and we'll have some fun. Uh, it won't be that long between drinks, guys. I know this is a late episode again, but we'll be back on track next week. I promise you. And the best thing about promising um, nobody is that no one's going to hold me to account. So I'll promise myself that I'll do that. All right, guys. Take care now. Bye-bye then. <laughs> <laughs>